Good morning. All right. Oh, we can do better than that. Come on, give God some praise. I know it's early. I know it's cold out there. Warm hearts, right? Passionate hearts. Warm hearts for God. Hearts that are on fire for Jesus Christ. I am just so glad that you're here. And on behalf of our entire family, if this is, you know, your first Sunday with us, we just genuinely just want you to know, most of all, man, I just want you to know, God loves you. He loves us. And that causes something to well up within us to say, God, I just want to love you back. So, you know, everything that happens here the, uh, at MVCC, meaning our mission kids, our uh, student ministries, our services, our hospitality, parking ministry, all that stuff, we just want it to reflect God's love. So really glad that you're here. And uh, I tell you what, I am jazzed. I'm excited today because we are in Luke 18. Um, if you are a parent... If you are a grandparent, if you are a would-be parent, if you're uh, dating someone and think, man, someday I want to have kids, today is for you. You picked a really good day. And if you don't like kids, I'm still glad that you're here. <laughs> um, you know, it's life change that we get real excited about here at MVCC. And I just want to let you know, uh, weather permitting, um, we have someone here in our church family that just surrendered everything to Jesus Christ. Her name is Melissa. She came uh, visiting uh, MVCC through our preschool, which was a, a huge privilege and so she's going to be baptized today, again, weather permitting, after second hour. That means she just gave her life to Jesus Christ and said, God, I'm here. I surrender everything to you. I received you. I received eternal life. We want to celebrate with her. So I know you first serve it, folks. I always say this. You're our spiritual crowd. You're out here early in the morning. But would you please pray um, for her that just God meets her in a special moment today and uh, many others that... Um, God cares and loves for everyone. I know he wants everyone to come to Jesus. Amen? Today we're talking on the subject matter of the value of children and what Jesus really meant about the kingdom and who gets to go in. You know, there were two uh, farmers in the Midwest who had side-by-side uh, -side, uh, farms and ranches. And so um, one of the days early in the morning, as farmers do, they get up way early before the sun comes up. And they happened to be meeting side-by-side uh, by, side by uh, one of the fences that divided the properties. And he leaned over, put his hand on the shoulder of the one farmer, and he said, Man, you have the most incredible sheep. They're strong. They're vibrant. They look so, you know, their, their coat is just beautiful. How, how do you raise such beautiful sheep among all of your other livestock? And here's what he said. He kind of leaned into him with a glean in his eye, and he said, Because we take care of our little lambs. And I like that. That quote right there um, just says it all to us. And so it, why I bring that up is at MVCC, we care about children. We really do. And we don't just say that. And one of the ways, several ways that we have the privilege of doing that is we have a preschool here on campus. Five days a week, 150 little children come with moms and dads that drop them off Monday through Friday. And it's a privilege. All these little ones, these little lambs, they get to sometimes don't come from Christian homes. And they get to hear the good news about how God loves them. He cherishes them. And they go home. And some of them sing those songs and recite the verses that they learn. And mom and dad are thinking... We need to learn more about the Bible. Maybe we should come to a church. We also have what's called a kids club. It's an after-school ministry program that reaches out to the public school system. With, I'm sure you've seen we have about a dozen vans out there in the parking lot. We have a full director and staff. Uh, Pastor Johnny leads that. Crystal leads our preschool. And Pastor Johnny has a call in his life to serve and lead children. He's done that all of his life. And so about 60 kids from the public school system, get picked up in their public school parking lot and driven to the church about 3 p.m. They get to spend time here 
with helping a staff that helps them with their homework and they learn about Jesus and they learn about how God is real and all those things. And then mom and dad come and pick them up. And hopefully when they pick them up and the kids get in the car and say, Daddy, how come we don't go to church? <laughs> Maybe we should go to that church. Um, and it's more than just about that. It's more about we want every opportunity for children to know how valuable, how loved, how the Bible says they are the apple of the eye of God. Amen? And not only do we have the privilege of having here on campus um, children every day, but we also have a second campus. Just uh, You could almost throw a stone over at the Missionville Christian School and with over 520 children from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. That I'll tell you what, it is such a privilege to have a full-time staff that gets to read the Bible to kids, that gets to pray with them in their classroom, that gets to listen to their heart, and that there's no fear about talking about God, and God should be a part of our school system. So we have the privilege of, of having over 500 kids here in our ministry. Such a privilege. Isn't that great? All of those ministries are what we call fee-based. Parents pay a certain amount to have their child come, and it is a privilege. It's private. It's here under the ministry and family of Mission Vale Christian Church. But there's one ministry that we have here, kids, that I'm um, just elated about, and especially lately because we've seen growth, and we've seen passion, we've seen leadership. We've just seen it go to another level, and that is our Mission Kids ministry. And that's our Sunday morning experience here and a Wednesday night experience here on our campus. Now, I just want to say this. I want to give time for Pastor Becky to share about this. Because we're talking about what Jesus said about children, she's going to share with us about the incredible privilege of pouring into another life and how God blesses us when we see children the way Jesus sees them. So um, I'm going to ask Pastor Becky to come. She's our family life pastor. And I will say this. um, She's new to our team here about six months. And her and Tom come with just a wealth of knowledge and passion and love for children and also leading people to see the joy of knowing what it means to be in a child's life. So, Becky, I just want to give you some time to talk about how wonderful Mission Kids is, and we can all be a part of that one way or the other. So thank you for, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Mission Kids is an amazing place. I'm hoping that some of you have had a chance to walk through our hallways and see some of the classrooms. They're not 100% finished. Um, You know, the the hallways are still a little bit gray. We have big wall murals that are coming. We have big wall murals that will be in all the classrooms. So there's more to come um, just as far as the beauty of it all. And thank you for all of you who have made that happen. Um, We are loving, loving our new space and our kids and our leaders. Um, Children's ministry exists, uh, especially at Mission Kids, to help children become more like Jesus. It's just like any other ministry, but it's for children and it's done through adults. And spiritual formation is a process. It takes time. And someone has said that from a child's birth all the way through graduating high school, we have 936 weeks with that child. Not a lot of time. That's 936 weeks that we have to instill values, nurture their faith, build character and resilience, and prepare them to face the world. And so as parents, we know that parents have the potential to affect their child's life more than any other person um, ever, especially their faith. And so as a church, we are the echo 
We want to echo what is happening in your homes with your kids. And then we also have kids that are coming who aren't from Christian homes. And so in that front, we have a chance to be the first voice. But we are committed as a ministry to partner with all of our parents and support all of our parents. And we have some really big dreams for Mission Kids that I'll talk about later. Now, um, Mission Kids, uh, again, is a ministry for children, but it's accomplished through adults. Without adults, there's no ministry. And so it's adult ministry as well. And the adults who serve with us are a part of our Mission Kids family, and they're shepherded, and they're nurtured. And we're a church of disciples making disciples, and service is discipleship. So when you serve in a ministry at the church, you're going to grow, whether that's with kids or whether that's um, with, with, with adults. Growth will happen. And the one great thing about being a parent and serving in the ministry is you are the firsthand model for your child, and they can see. Now, the leaders that we have in our room, they're, we kind of tell them they're Jesus with skin on, especially to our young ones. They're the ones who are helping the kids feel safe, be nurtured. The leaders that we have in Mission Kids, they understand how important it is, how amazing kids are, and how important it is that every child is known, seen, loved, heard, Children love to be heard. They give the kids focused attention. What child doesn't crave focused attention? And the leaders who are here are doing that. And many of you have served at MVCC at some time in children's ministry over the past 40 years. And so we are where we are today because of what you have accomplished. And we actually have several leaders who've been serving for over 10 years here. And they have been the, the backbone. When I first came, I was so inspired and so thankful for them. And they're, they're here today. It's Dave and Liz Roliter and their daughter, Emma, and Miss Pat Merritt, and Pam Collins, who's serving right now, and Peter, who's serving right now. And they have been serving because they understand that to serve in children's ministries, you don't have to have a teaching credential. You don't have to have a Bible degree. What you have to have is a willing heart that you're willing to pour yourself and all God has given you into another person. So if this pitcher of water is you, it's kind of heavy. It's everything that God has given you. It's your personality. It's your talents. It's your gifts. It's your skills that you've gotten from work and from life. It's the wisdom that you've gained from following Jesus. It's your love for worship. And all these cups here, these are um, the children of Mission Kids. We have about 70. And so our leaders in Mission Kids understand that leading is just outpouring of themselves. It's having a conversation with kids. It's letting them know that they're valued, that you're interested in what they think about. When they serve with Mission Kids, you're providing a safe place. You're helping a toddler acclimate. You're singing songs. You spend time loving them, caring for them. You spend time playing, being interested in them, letting them know that they're God's masterpiece, that they've been created to do amazing things that were planned for them long ago. And it's such a gift and such a blessing. One of the things that we're trying to accomplish besides having the kids be more like Jesus, because um, that's most important, but we want them to love God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength. We want them to love others 
as they would love themselves. And we want them to love life. And that's what we're doing in Mission Kids. And we do have big dreams. So Casey, our amazing, amazing um, elementary director, right now she's redesigning our whole elementary program. So it's more age specific. We've got so many things we want to do, but we're just a few people short of making that happen. And we just really want our older kids to be with older kids and our younger kids to be with younger kids. And she's so creative. And I'm so, so thankful that she's sharing her gifts and talents with our church. We also want to start a childcare team, a team of people different from our weekend um, wonderful uh, Mission Kids leaders who will come and support Starting Point and come and support prayer night. So parents can go to church, but then we're not always asking our weekend leaders to come and and do childcare um, serving once a month. We want to have summer family fun nights parenting seminars. We want to have moms connection groups. We want to have a a whole support group for moms with infants. There's so many things that we can do as a church. Um, And so we're excited, very excited for what's to come. So I'm praying that you will join me, that you will step out, that you'll be willing to take what God has given you, your whole self, without specialized educational training or anything like that, And just empty yourself into the lives of these kids. Because the ripple effect is indescribable. It's immeasurable. And for the leaders who are serving, whether it's every other week or every week, or if you've served 10 years ago, there's there's a ripple effect. And those kids have grown and learned, and we're just so thankful for them. So I have a special guest today. Come on up, Mr. Grayson. We are so excited that he's going to be reading... Good job. He's one of our mission kids, kids, and he's also a student at our amazing school. And he's going to be reading the scripture that we're studying today and that Pastor Mike's going to be teaching on. So let's give it up for Grayson. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the children saw this, they scowled the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Woo! Good job. Good job. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Becky. So glad for not only what you're doing, but... I know your heart is to see everybody have opportunity to serve God together. Amen? Let's give a bigger amen to the kids. Awesome. Thank you, Grayson. Great job, buddy, on reading the text. What a privilege it is to just be able to read the word and do the word. I want to talk to you about today the subject matter of how important kids are and what Jesus really meant when he talked about his kingdom. Um, I have found that older I'm getting, um, I have a lot more questions than I had answers about 10 years ago. Do you, do you agree with me on that? A lot of questions, um, especially about, you know, Christianity and God and the things of God and how can we call ourselves, you know, Christ followers, how can we be more effective in really being an example of who Jesus really is and not what somebody else thinks what Jesus is or a bad experience in church or all those things that we've heard about? And so with that, I've been asking questions of my boys. 
Questions like, um, you guys live in the age of the late 20-year-olds. Tell me about why is it that they don't like church, that they don't like things about God or Christianity. And they just started, you know, one after the other. And I just pulled out my yellow pad of paper and I'm taking notes and I'm just listening. And then the next question I asked them was this. What do you guys see in the big C church, not MVCC, but just overall in your experience on social media and different churches and just experiences talking to different people and all those things? Why, what is it that you think the big C church is doing that might be hindering or might be a roadblock for some of the youngers to be interested in, am I a created person? Did I just evolve Am I here by chance? Is there a God who loves me? Does there a God in heaven? If he's real, does he care about me? Are we doing anything that's hindering that? And I was amazed at just an honest, open conversation about some of the things that we might be doing better. So I just want to ask you this morning to just let God have your heart today. I really want you to be open. I want your mind to be open about not just with children, but just overall, what are we doing about advancing his kingdom, not my kingdom, not our kingdom, not our dreams and our, all those things. What are we doing to advance his kingdom? And is there something that we're doing that maybe is hindering others from seeing simply who Jesus is? Now, when we read the text here today, when we heard Grayson, who did such a great job of reading the text, there's, there's a scene that I see. And the scene that I see is that Jesus is about three, three and a half, maybe four months away from his death on earth. He's going to be crucified. They're going to torture him. They're going to make a spectacle of him simply because Jesus is God and he talked about the way to get to heaven and he's the way and not a lot of people like that. And so they took it out on him. Everything Jesus did, remember, when he gives his life is because he loves you. When Jesus saw the cross and knew that he had to carry his own cross down the Via Della Rosa to get to Golgotha, the place of the skull where they crucified him outside the city gate of Jerusalem, I just want you to remember when what he was looking at through eternity's eyes as he saw you. He did. Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world... Everybody, all of humanity, and the best thing my youth pastor did, he says, every time you read that text, I want you to insert your name. For God so loved Mike that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall never perish, never be in hell, never experience separation from me, but have eternal life. That right there changes everything. Would you agree? When we personalize the gospel, when we see it wasn't just for all of humanity, which it was, which is the greatest thing ever, he personally loves you, he's after you. God is on a hot pursuit after you. And so in this scenario, in the scene, I see a lot of people milling about. I see moms and dads bringing little children in their arms, maybe even infants and little children to Jesus. And as they're bringing him to Jesus, the question is, why are they bringing him to Jesus? He's only one man. Well, culturally, we know that Jewish people would bring their child to a rabbi or to a priest or to uh, an elder in the village who was a religious person, and they would ask, would you please bless my child? Much like today what we do in um, baby dedications, we ask if you have a child and you like that child to be dedicated to the Lord, 
And then we're really dedicating the parents that the parents are going to raise that child in the ways of God because there's going to come a day when that child will be old enough to make their own decision. We cannot make the choice for a child where he wants to spend eternity. They have to make that choice for themselves. But we've been given the calling out of Deuteronomy and different places and Ephesians chapter 5 to raise our children in the ways of God. And the best way to do that is have the blessing, the anointing of God's favor on that child. And then as we live Christ in the home and bringing them to a place like this on Sunday mornings or hopefully we'll get to a Saturday night service and we have when the revival hits, we're going to have services every night of the week. We want mounds of kids. We want tons of kids because they are special to God. And as they were bringing, do you see the scene with me? They're bringing them tens, twenties, thirties. We don't know how many. The disciples are looking over the shoulders of these moms and dads bringing their kids, and they're thinking, Jesus, you've had a full day. Not only do you have a full day, but tomorrow we got Harvest Crusade, Jesus. we got to feed the 5,000. All these things, miracles and teachings, and Jesus, we got to go on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. we got things to do, places to go, people to see. Don't bother the master now. Don't come. And I love what the text says. And Jesus rebuked them. He didn't rebuke them harshly. He wasn't rude to them. He just was firm. He was confident. And he wanted them to know, unless you become like one of these, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's such a beautiful illustration of what Jesus talked about in this text. He's really talking about the kingdom of God and who gets to go. You ready to go? What is the kingdom of God? What does the Bible say about a real place called heaven? Yet Jesus took it a step further. Not just a place when we die, and of course, one of one will die. One out of one will die. We'll all pass from this earth. So there is a real place called heaven. I want to talk about that. But before I talk about that, I want to talk about something that's equally as important that Jesus wanted the disciples to know. And what I believe God wants MVCC, if you are part of our family, if you're part of our team, I want you to be reminded today that heaven begins on earth. Heaven begins the moment you receive Christ into your life. There is a little bit of heaven in your heart. And now we have the privilege of bringing heaven, a little bit of heaven, to the people here who are just lost, who just don't know Jesus yet. And must I remind us that none of us came out of the womb praising God. None of us came out of the womb holy, sanctified, perfect, and ready to serve Jesus Christ. None of us did. Psalm 51 says, I have been sinful from my birth, David said. Which means I have, we all have a propensity to sin. We all have a propensity to do wrong. We don't have to teach a child to say no. We don't have to teach a child to say that's mine. We, they, they know when they get... Now they don't have the capacity yet to understand in the young little ages that they are the impact of what a sinful behavior can do. That's why the Bible's very clear that if a child was to pass away, God forbid... They will absolutely, there's no question that that child will be in heaven with Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible says. And that's comforting for those that are parents, grandparents, would-be parents. That's comforting to know that. So what is the kingdom? It appears more than 80 times in the New Testament, the word kingdom that Jesus talked about. John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin, actually announced the kingdom was coming and the kingdom is here now. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, that fiery-eyed, Weird-looking, 
power-impacted guy named John the Baptist, six months before Jesus was even to come on the earth or to come to the place called the Jordan River, he stands before all of the people, religious people, irreligious people, and so many people came out, it says, from the whole countryside to hear this wild-eyed guy preach something that they never heard of. That God is coming to our town. God is coming to our earth. And here was his message. Make straight paths for the Lord because he's going to give you feel-good messages. He's going to make everything great. He's going to make sure you never get sick. He's going, to, he's going to fulfill every dream that you have. No, that wasn't his message. His message was simple, yet it was convicting, and it was so real, and it was so on point. And we need to hear this today, whether we like it or not. I'll tell you what, I appreciate pastors and preachers who give me truth. Give me truth. I want truth. Don't give me some candy-coated thing. When I go into the doctor's office, I don't want the doctor to say, well, I really don't want to hurt your feelings, so I'm really not going to tell you what's wrong. I want to tell you what's wrong so I can give you the medication or we can fix the problem. He stands in the middle of this countryside, weird-looking, eating locusts coming out of his teeth. He's just weird because he's out in the middle of nowhere for God, and he says, repent, repent, turn to God. For the kingdom of God is near. So it's not just a, well, someday we'll all be with God in heaven, which is true. Which I'm, I'll tell you what, the more we get into the days that we're living in, I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to being with Jesus. I'm looking forward to be with him forever. But he says this with conviction and with the power of the Holy Spirit. The only person in the entire Bible that I see that was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth was John the Baptist. And he's not there to build his own kingdom. He's not there to build his own enterprise. He's not building his own social media. He is there for one passion, for one reason, and that is to make Jesus look good. And he sets the stage for Jesus Christ. So he announced it. Not only did he announce it, but Jesus announced this thing called the kingdom to all the people. In the same book, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus says he went about the villages preaching the good news and to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here now. So what is God's kingdom? Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of just eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit now. We can experience the kingdom of God now. Matthew chapter 3 verse 2. Again, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom will come. Your will be done. And we all know this on earth as it is in heaven, right? Yeah, I, I hope you see the pattern here that, that we're not just looking forward to heaven, but we get to live heaven now. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said this to all of his disciples. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, living right with God, and he'll take care of all the other things in your life. All the other things that we worry so much about, we get stressed out, we get tired, we strive, we try and do everything we can to make sure we got bills to pay, mortgages to pay, rent to pay, got a, a food in this economy is going skyrocketing. How am I going to pay for the gas in my car? Can't afford a Tesla, so I'm affording gas. How am I going to do all this? Don't worry about all that. You do your very best. You work as hard as you can. And as long as you're seeking me first, I'll take care of those things. That just makes good sense, doesn't it? And so what Jesus is saying is, not just the kingdom here in the by and by when we all die, but the kingdom of God now. The kingdom of God is here with us now. In Luke 17, verses 20 to 21. Once I'm being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said these words. The kingdom of God 
is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God, and I love this, is within you. Within you. There's something that happens. What Jesus was saying, and he said it best in John chapter 3, you must be born again. If you want life to its fullness, if you want to know where you're going, but if you want peace and joy and all those things that we're looking for on earth, if you receive me as your Savior, if you understand I am your Messiah, I am going to give my life for you. And if you receive that sacrifice and if you have repented of your sins, man, the kingdom of God starts living within you now. I can think of no better way than to live but to live in God's kingdom now. Does that mean, are you saying that we can live in God's kingdom when we're at Ralph's grocery store? Yeah. The kingdom of God is, is at the, did you happen to know that the gas prices are, were down at one point to $3.96 on La Paz and, and Marguerite? Did you happen to see that? It used to be Arco. I don't know what it is. Some brothers, whatever. All I know is if the gas is good, I'm there. I'll wait in line for 10 minutes to save $3 of gas. Are you with me? Is, is the kingdom of God at the gas station? Yes. I want to get more into that in just a second. But Jesus came to open the kingdom to everyone. That's the beauty of God. He came not just, well, we just came for certain people, certain religious people. Certain people have a lot of money. Certain people have social status. Certain people have these jobs. Certain people have skin color. Certain people have this economic status. He came for everyone. Everyone's welcome into the kingdom of God. That's what's so beautiful about Jesus. And what he's saying is the kingdom of God starts now by the way that we live, the way that we talk, the way we do relationships, the way we spend our money, the way we go on vacation, the way we're at soccer games with the kids on Saturday mornings, when we're at baseball games, when we go to Angel Stadium and we go to Dodger Stadium for those that... We are living the kingdom wherever we are. The person that you marry, the kind of home that you buy, the kind of home that you rent, what you do with your time. We bring a little bit of heaven here on earth now. And I can think of nothing greater, nothing more exciting, nothing more exhilarating, nothing more purposeful than to live out the kingdom of God principles that he's asked us to live. And the wonderful thing is he doesn't give us all those things to do alone. Not only does he give us the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is within you, but he gives us brothers and sisters. He gives us community of people. And the community of people have been designed to spur us on to live the kingdom of God out there in the world that is so desperate and hurting and in and, 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 and desperate trouble. Would you agree that our world is in trouble? So my question is, where is the rescue team? Where are the people who are going to let people know there is hope? First of all, there's hope beyond the grave, but there's hope in this life. And Jesus can bring life into your life. It is the people of God who imitate the king. If we're people of the kingdom, we imitate him. Now, I want to get in. That's the good news. I want to get into the bad news. The bad news is we can be a stumbling block if we're not careful to God giving opportunity for everyone to come. Well, how do we do that? I asked this question of my boys and some other youngers here at MVCC about, I don't know, five, six years ago, because I was really troubled with the fact that why aren't we seeing more 20s to 30s here? Because those are the ones that are going to continue to carry on. Truth be told, we all are going to pass from this life. 
And those of us, you know, that are in our 40s, we got, we got a lot of time left. But for those maybe in their 80s or 90s, if you're here today, you know, your time is short. You want to make the most of every moment. But the reality is if we do not reach as a people, if we do not reach children, if we don't reach students, if we don't reach the youngers, the 20s, the 30s that have wee little kids and they're trying to figure out life and embarking on all these experiences that they're going to be walking through for the rest of their life. If we don't reach them with the good news of Jesus, someday this will be a strip mall. And I don't know about you, but I'm real troubled by that. Because I don't want to leave this place worse than I found it. And when I say I, I mean this is us together. This is our church. This is not Pastor Mike's church. This is not the elder board's church. This is our church together. We're family. I want you to carry the burden that Jesus carries for people, everyone, to have opportunity to come into the kingdom. If you're here today and maybe you went to church as a kid, I I am so glad that you're here. And you've been in church in 20 years. I am so, so glad that you are here. If you're here today and you got, man, I got a lot of questions. I don't know if I even believe this book. I don't know if I believe this Bible stuff. I don't even, you know what, Mike? I don't even know if there's a God. I couldn't even tell you. But I'm just here because I am so glad that you're here. And if you're here today because you have a passion and you have a love for God and you just... I come to worship and I come to learn more so I can be more effective about how to be a kingdom liver in a world that's messed up. I am so glad. I'm just glad that you're here. So I'm asking the tough questions, not the easy questions. I'm asking the tough ones. You want want to hear what they said? You really want to hear what they said? You Christians say one thing and you do another. That, that, That was one of the number one. That was the number one. And they weren't like, you Christians are all bad people. Every one of them are bad. It wasn't with a negativity. It was, just an, it was just a very raw observation. Oh, yeah. We see Christians who go to church, go to church, go to church. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. But then we see the lives that are so messed up, and they talk about the joy of knowing Jesus. Jesus is so good to us. And their lives are completely messed up. And we have a hard time reconciling, spending all this money. You know the third thing is? The church doesn't reach to the poor. The church reaches themselves. And what they meant by that is all the cars, all the vacations, all the jacuzzis, all the money, all the stuff that you buy, jet skis and all the fun and all the worldly stuff. But we don't see the joy of Jesus in your life. That's just the truth. That's just what, that's their observation. So I will tell you this. One more. You want to hear the fourth one? Oh, yeah. You say that you love LGBTQ. You say that Jesus loves everybody who's of a different sexual orientation or believes that they're transgender and all those things that are going on. You say that, but you don't really believe that. Now, I'm not here to debate. I'm not here to talk. That's a whole other sermon, which we can get into later. But what I say is this. Jesus loves everybody because there's a soul in every single person. And everyone deserves, and I'm fierce about this, everybody deserves an opportunity, no matter who you think you are or who you were created to be or who you were evolved from. Everybody deserves an opportunity, just like I had an opportunity to know that God loves you. He loves you so much that he will not let go of you. And he's got a plan for your life that's much better than you thought. And we have to lovingly share that. And they say, you Christians, you, you, you don't get it. 
That's what they're saying. That's their observation. Now, when they were giving me some answers and there was some tough stuff to listen to because I don't believe what they're saying the big C church is doing. So I started, in my mind, I started getting defensive. No, we don't. Well, Mission Bear Christian Church doesn't do that. We don't do that. I don't believe that. I just said, thank you so much. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm getting a few more of these gray hairs to take responsibility for the people that I love. I love the church. I love God's people. That there are some blemishes and spots and some bad areas that we're not doing well with this stuff. Living out the kingdom and take responsibility. Oh, I guess I should be really real because it's one of our values. That yeah, in my own mind, I have not been the authentic Christian Christ follower that I would really like to be. That I've had prejudices in my own life. That I have stumbling blocks in my own mind that I need to repent of. Jesus said, you, meaning us, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Funny, last time I checked, the light shines best in the darkness. And I think what we've done is we say, yes, we love the kingdom of God. We're part of the kingdom. We're looking for the kingdom one day. Can't wait to be with Jesus forever and ever and ever. But we forget that Our role here is to express and advance the kingdom. And we think by doing it, by staying in our, what we call, holy huddles, right? Well, I have a Christian banker. I have a Christian friend. I have a Christian family. I have a Christian uh, financial tax guy. I have a financial attorney. Yes, you can have a a Christian attorney. You can have all these Christian people. And what I don't think we intentionally say, I'm never going to be with non-Christian people. I'm never going to be with those unchurched people. I think it just naturally kinds to happen. It just tends to happen. Because we fall in love with a family, people, community. We find friendships. And we start spending all of our time. And we've missed the opportunity of what Jesus said. You can have your friends. Have your people that you love. You should love the people of God and have close relationships. And be in a life group. And come to next steps. And we're serving God. Serving in mission kids. And serving in student ministries. All those things that God has called us. And you can still find time and make time to shine your light in a dark world. That's what Jesus did. Boy, we're tired this morning. I thought, Donald, we get a big amen on that one. I don't know. Maybe the people watching online, you're like, woo, amen, right? God, you just spoke to me. Light works best in the dark. Here's what I say. Those of you that have just received Jesus Christ in your life in the last year, stay with your non-Christian friends. Be friends with them. When they say, hey, we're all going to go out. We're going to go dancing. We're going uh, to go to this party and go to the... Go with them. You don't have to do what you used to do and do what they're doing, but you can go be with them. And when you go with them, don't say, we don't do those things because we're Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't say things like, well, I used to be that way, but now I'm following Jesus. Don't do that stuff. Just be normal. Just be natural. Be Go play golf with them. And when they're drinking and cussing, it's just me. Why would I try to change somebody's behavior when behavior isn't what gets us into heaven, which we'll get to just in a second because i got to wrap this up. Jesus didn't say we get into heaven by our good behavior. We get into heaven by becoming like a child. What does a child do? A child trusts. A child believes. A child observes. A child is very, they know, they sense phony and fake and real, can't they? Within minutes. Ask your children questions. If there's one thing I would just I'll take away, what did God speak? Start asking your kids more questions. 
It'll be amazing what kids say. I, I just wanted to list a few of what kids, what, what do kids think about heaven? What are the questions they're asking? These were kind of cool. I thought, will there be animals in heaven? I've asked that one. We had a golden retriever that died about six years ago. I want her to be in heaven. Here's my answer. The Bible doesn't give specifics, but it does give reference about a place called heaven, which we'll just wrap up in just a second. There's a real place in heaven where the lion lays down with the lamb. Other references about animals being in heaven. That tells me, and God says, God loves all creation. Just a personal belief that our pets will be in heaven. I believe that because heaven's huge. Heaven's big enough for everybody. If God could tell Noah to build an ark about the size of the Queen Mary, look it up in Genesis 6, it has the exact dimensions, enough for everybody to be on that ark to be saved, he can certainly make a place called heaven, which he is doing, big enough to house the entire world and all the pets, which we love so much, right? Will we have bodies or will we be ghosts flying around? Isn't that great? But I've thought about that. And the Bible's really clear in 1 Corinthians 15 that we will have new bodies, You won't have to go to 24-hour fitness ever again. You'll be able to eat whatever there is in heaven. You're never going to gain weight. Isn't that great? And will we eat pizza with pineapple, one child says. It does talk about, you know, eating. There's a banquet feast in heaven. We get to sit at the table with Jesus. I don't know how all that's going to work out, but I just trust him that what he said is true. And maybe just one more. Can heaven get too full? Isn't that just honest? Isn't that just real? Is there going to be enough room? And the answer to that is found in Revelation. There's enough room for all of the nations. In John chapter 14, I am going to prepare a place, many mansions. Now, Revelation 21 says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, down from heaven. Do you hear that? Do we hear that? Yeah. Having the key to the abyss, that's a very bad place, holding on his hand, with a great chain. That tells us there's a real place called heaven. It's up there because Jesus ascended into heaven after 40 days of being here after his resurrection. So we know there's a real place up there called heaven. The Bible talks about in Corinthians, as Paul said, there are three levels of heaven. And we will get to that highest level if we receive Christ as our Savior. One is here. The outer space is the second level. And then way, way up there, which I don't know how high it is. I don't care. I just want to be there. Revelation 21 and 2 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. He is creating, he is preparing a place for all of us. Here on this earth, which whatever viewpoint you hold, when Jesus' second coming happens, there's a millennium, and we get to be here with the Lord for a thousand years the way the earth was supposed to be, and Jesus will sit on his throne, and then we will all get to be in a real place called heaven. John 14, 2, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Why do I bring this up? Because we live in a post-biblical culture now where everyone just says, well, when somebody dies, they're so-and-so in their better place. What is the better place? There is no, there's not a better, there's a place called heaven. And we as Christians should know because the culture is changing, making us think that, well, heaven's on earth, but there is no real heaven. Yes, there is a real heaven. And the Bible proclaims that. And we should know that. Many mansions, many rooms. I hope we're all in the same neighborhood in heaven. So who gets to go there? Those that are humble. Those that see Jesus as their Messiah and say, yes, I want him. Those that are willing to repent of their sins, give their life to Jesus, and we're in. Jesus came to make his kingdom open for everyone. 
We must become like a child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Isn't it beautiful how Jesus used something so simple and so real that these children were coming say, this is what you need to be like. This is where I want your heart. So what can we do as a result of all this? Here's the question. Are you assured that you're in the kingdom of God? Do you know for sure? Because I want you to know for sure. You should know for sure because 1 John 5 says, I have written these things to you believers that you should know you have received eternal life. You already received it. The kingdom of God starts in you when you receive Christ and therefore you have a place in heaven. Jesus did all the work. It's what we talked about three weeks ago, the golden ticket, bro. We all have a golden ticket from Jesus just like Willy Wonka on the chocolate. Fry. We get to go in. You should know that you're saved. And doesn't that bring a lot of peace for living here on earth? Here's the second thing. Bring your children to Jesus. Bring them, bring them to Jesus. Well, I bring them to church. That's great. But at home, you're the best example. More than Pastor Becky, more than her staff, more than our pastoral staff, as much as we love kids. Nobody can love your kids as much as you do because you're with them more than we are. Are you bringing your children to Jesus? Are you bringing Jesus to your children? I don't mean that with any guilt. I mean that as, wow, we have the opportunity to disciple our children. So we want to teach them the Bible. We want to live the Bible. We want to pray with them. We want to talk about God. When we're on our way to soccer, we want to, what do you guys think about God? What do you think God is saying? It's not like we have to sit down and have a Bible study every day with kids. You're talking about God all the time. Does that make sense? So I want to know what changes, oh, Darn, I was going to skip this one. <laughs> Am I or you, are we doing anything to hinder anyone from coming to God? And if we are, it's very simple. Jesus said to repent. It's okay. We all fall back. We all lose our way. At some point. That's why I'm so glad for God. Who realigns us. With our relationship. And with who he is. Father I just thank you so much. That your word is so crystal clear this morning. That unless we become. The innocent. That just believes. That trusts. That is able to discern. God you're so crystal clear for us. What you want. And God. We thank you that you opened the gate wide, wide open for anyone to come, God. And at MVCC, our hope and our passion, our prayer is this, that everybody here knows. And if there's anyone here, God, today that, yes, you know what, Mike, I, I want to I wanna be in the kingdom. I want to know if something happens to me today. If I leave this earth, I want to be with, with the Lord. I want to be in heaven. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Repent of my sin. I recognize I've done things wrong in my life and I am sorry for that and I receive you now I accept you now give you my heart help me God to follow you all the days of my life thank you Jesus for dying on the cross and your resurrection power I believe in Jesus name amen and when Jesus in just a few months from the scene that we just read about at a very quiet moment with his disciples. And he said, look guys, here I want you to eat this meal because it represents 
I'm not going to be here. I'm leaving. I will always be with you in spirit, but I want you to have this meal to remember me. And so that's why we have just a few moments for you to just have a quiet, unhurried few minutes to just think about and remember him and pray to him. And we'll continue the worship. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here and we'll see you next time.